All right, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode here at the Crypto 101 podcast. Pizza Mind here, joined by Bryce Paul. Bryce, how you doing? What's up? I'm doing well. I'm excited. Uh, the markets have been oh so volatile, uh, up and down, up and down. But what do you expect in crypto, right? I mean, these are these are brand new assets that are in price discovery mode. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just kind of hard to keep track of everything. I mean, that's how I feel sometimes, right? When there's, you know, over 10,000 coins, there's new uh, sort of data. There's basically new metrics that we're trying to get every day to to value these things relative to one another in order to find, you know, where the value is. And it's so subjective, isn't it? You know, it, uh, it's just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when you've got crypto in front of your eyes, you are watching the action adventure drama genre. Uh, and that is what we're all about over here. We're not about to be watching C-SPAN and Bloomberg, the old boring way of doing things. So to bring in some more excitement, some more drama and a lot of adventure, we've got James Giancotti from the Audup platform is going to be helping us sort through some of the stuff. Teach us how to hang 10 on these waves of volatility. James, welcome to the Crypto 101 podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, tell us a little bit about your background before you got into crypto. Mm -hmm. And what was it that actually told you this was a place for you? And uh, before I hear you were, uh, you're a recent convert. You were one of the bad guys over at Goldman and JP <laughs> Morgan. I was reading your resume. I was like, wait yeah. a minute. You have uh, a resume? So we're, we're not bad. We're just uneducated until we move over. I think that's the, it's sort of, uh, I think uh, Charles Xavier from the X-Men sums it up best. You know, you fear what you don't understand. So once you understand uh, it, you don't fear it anymore. Uh, that's a great comic book reference. But uh, to answer your question, um, yes, I was a previous uh, consultant then went into investment banking. And uh, so for many years and was based in Hong Kong. And so what really got me into uh, crypto was, you know, at Hong Kong at the time when I was sort of looking into startups, there was a lot of these sort of guys like Arthur and Giancarlo and, you know, the guys from Tether, the guys from um, Bitfinex, the guys from Bitmex and, yeah. and, and, you know, FTX, everyone starts in Hong Kong. And so these guys were like, you know, what's going on this Bitcoin? And how I got into crypto was actually quite easy. I was looking at investing in a startup early stages, probably 2014. And this company wanted to, and this is my view at the time, was like, what the hell? They wanted to get your seed phase, not seed phase, your, your crypto keys and put them in a vault in Switzerland. And at the time I thought, how stupid is this? You know, like, why do you want a piece of paper in a vault and then you need to fly back to Switzerland to get this? Little did we know what would happen. Um, and so at the time they said, well, if you don't want to invest in us, just invest in, in Bitcoin. So it was about $600 at the time. So I said, oh, I won't invest in you. I'll put 10 grand in, in Bitcoin. Probably the smartest thing I ever did. The dumbest thing I ever did from crypto, of course, was to sell that Bitcoin. But you learn that even at a profit that this is where that sort of monkey and the volatility comes into play and you, you get hooked into crypto. So that's sort of my story of how I got in. And then, of course, ran on up and uh, now is very much following crypto markets 24-7 besides when I sleep. Wow. And you, I mean, this just kind of going into that, like mm -hmm. what's your monitoring process look like just personally? Like, you know, in 24 seven markets, you know, are you, do you have, you have bots that kind of trawl for certain uh, divergences or anything like that? 
I think there's a thing I learned, particularly in the last two years, is that um, since we've had the, the COVID scare and the markets have changed, is that previously I'd just be looking at the at the crypto markets and how those markets work. Now I'm looking at all data across the markets. I looking at the Dixie, you know, the dollar the dollar basket, looking at the volatility of the S and P 500, which is very much correlated to Bitcoin. Uh, as opposed, uh, let's take away the last 24, 48 hours on the on the market, but generally usually is correlated. So I'm looking at different ways of how Bitcoin is affected um, and all my data put in that. And so it's very much a chart-based focus on, on crypto as a basis and always Bitcoin first and then alt second. So Bitcoin is the, the godfather and godfather drives everything. Wow. So, so let's, let's dive into odd up. Um, What is it and why did you decide to build it? Uh, Well, originally it was built to track startups in Asia. So originally we started, uh, we were based in Hong Kong and we were looking at Asian companies, particularly the startup uh, companies. And we were tracking um, how those metrics are and give them a risk score. A a high risk score meaning closer to hundred means the company's in a good stage versus uh, a lower score means there's more risk. Um, so that's really where Odd Up was started. And then particularly in the since 2017, we've covered crypto and we apply the same metrics that, you know, because a lot of crypto is projects run by like a startup. And so the metrics of how that price moves is based on how the team, uh, you know, the risk around the team. So you look at altcoins, particularly the same way as you'd look at startups. Um, the only difference between the two is that crypto is 24 seven data is coming across, whereas a startup typically the valuations are driven by the VCs. And so that's where the data is very different in the startup world versus the crypto world. I'm kind of curious, some big surprises that you've discovered uh, that you could maybe share with us, maybe some, some unique insights or just something that maybe surprised you that you didn't really expect when you started on this uh, platform. Um, that we got it right more times than we expected. I think that was where we thought at the start as when you start a startup, you go, yeah, we're going to be right all the time. But as we put metrics together, as we put in um, algorithms, as we put AI in together and putting together a particular way, a methodology and a process around that, how you'd get it right more times than wrong. And you'd find that once you have all the key components in data analysis, you actually get it right. And I think that sounds very cocky in the way, but it's actually not end, uh, meant to be that. It's just that once you have a process, it becomes easier and easier to track. The things that I think have been shocking, uh, particularly in the crypto space, is how quickly they move faster than a startup. So what I mean by that is in a startup, typically there is that process where you get the seed, series A, series B, series C, and there's usually some um, you know processes where Let's look at our friends from 500 startups being Solana in in base of two years, they've gone from zero to multi-billion dollars of of a market cap uh, in such a short amount of time, which sort of changes it. And I think that is the biggest surprise between valuations of what a normal company should do and projects should do versus what a startup and a crypto does. And do you think that's a function of there being, you know, secondary market liquidity and better incentives for these projects. Cause you know, when, when venture capital, you know, funds these projects, um, you know, in web two, I mean, there's no price discovery for these mm-hmm. shares. The incentives are maybe lacking uh, for, for these large network effects. Incentives are more about the, you know, the web two founders, you know, you know, getting more, more money, raising more money to eventually go public and all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm curious what you think, 
the explosivity or the X factor here in crypto really is? What does it boil down to? Is it community or? So it's all about returns. And a lot of people who don't understand the startup space but understand the crypto space don't understand either one. But it's actually quite simple. So typically when a VC invests, the higher your evaluation, that's why you see hundreds of million dollars, billion dollars of valuations from a Tiger or a SoftBank in a startup, is the VC is getting two and 20. So if if I invested in pod, uh, Crypto 101's podcast and I put your valuation of $100 million and I've put $10 million, and as you grow up... Um, and your valuation gets higher, I'm getting, even though I don't sell, a, a cut of 2% of the fee of the amount of money I'd spent. And then when you sell, I get 20% of that. And so the actual game of VC is actually to increase the values exponentially because they're getting bigger fees. So that's the startup space. Well, when you go into the crypto space, there isn't that. It's, you know, you need to make that 20% fast and there's higher liquidity. And so that's why crypto moves at such a fast rate because there's not the... I'm going to buy, uh, let's say, uh, you know, $100, uh, sorry, $100,000 of Solano and then every, and get money uh, on the movement of the market. But because Solano can go from 100 to 80 to 250, you're, you're not getting those fees. So it's very poor management from a VC versus crypto. Hence why there's incredible volatility and incredible money to make in crypto. In the future, that will change. But at the moment, the VCs that are try driving crypto are just making faster returns like you would as a hedge fund, as opposed to VC where you just hold on forever and more money you get, the more valuable they get, the more money I get. Yeah, makes sense. You know, there's a lot of discussion nowadays about TVL ratios and trying to decide when a protocol is undervalued or overvalued based off of what the token price is in relation to how much value is actually locked in that platform. Is this a metric that you look at? And if so, is there a sweet spot for you? Or do you have another way of determining a network's value? So the difference in cryptos versus, you know, how many active addresses you've got, what the historical data is, um, you know, how many um, new addresses per day are joining a particular asset um, and particularly how many developers are joining a particular protocol, they're nice metrics to follow in an early stage of a um, of price discovery of a new asset. So let's say the early days of Solana. But as things go further and further, you find that there's a very quick flipping of where developers go based on where price price goes. So we look at it in the early, early stages. So we're typically what you'd say a seed stage. But once a, uh, a, that, that um, protocol or that uh, coin, for the instance, is in the top 50, top 20, you're actually not looking at that as a, as a determinative factor of, you know, your valuable of the assets. You're actually looking at, you know, social media, you're looking at um, news, you're looking at particularly the large VCs that and bought it for a cent and, you know, where that price is, where, they're, where they're, their funds are actually looking at to deploy. So a good example is what's happened in Solana. And I come back to this point because it's a really good, in this crypto run, it's a really good, company to watch from how we see data. You know, we, we told every one of our customers that at $25 Solana was destined to hit hundred. Of course it hit 250, but at 250, we noticed that noticed in our data that a lot of the VCs had that as their sweet spot, as in that's where they'd get the ample amount of fees uh, for their holding. So you probably would have seen it around 200 to 250, a lot of sales, um, large sales in Solana. And so that information has helped us provide that right, uh, you know, what people should be doing with their investments when they look at startups, uh, and sorry, like crypto. And then for the layman like you and I, it's sort of a, 
okay, what does that information mean? And how do I, you know, what do I do with the asset? Do I sell and buy back half the price? And, and these are questions that you ask. And that's what we aim to provide. During this great reshuffle, a record number of employees are considering switching jobs. So now is your chance to try and attract them. And LinkedIn Jobs is here to help you connect with the people that you want to interview faster and for free. And I can attest that LinkedIn is great for finding the right people. Uh, we use LinkedIn to fill positions here at Crypto 101, including two of our newest crypto analyst hires already this year. Um, so create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. So your network can help you basically just find the right people to hire. And then simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you really want to interview and eventually hire. And it's why small businesses are rating LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. And did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash crypto. That's linkedin.com slash crypto to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Can you give us some insight into some of the trends that you're following in this space? And what do you think is going to be really big for 2022? So we are actually seeing a potential major downturn in the market somewhere between May and June. Unfortunately, we hope we are wrong, uh, but uh, the we expect, um, and maybe that's got a lot to do with the old Wall Street saying, and this is, uh, Bryce, this is where I come back to, you know, my former life of Goldman is selling may go away. Uh, we're seeing potential concerns um, in 2022. Uh, and we're looking at more, um, particularly in the crypto space, more allocation to higher grade projects. And so what we're seeing, particularly from institutional investors, is that there's really one asset that they're looking at, Bitcoin. And out of those, let's say 100 institutions, maybe 10 of them are interested in Ethereum and only dabbling. And so everything outside that space is at high, high risk. We're looking at some concerns with Bitcoin dominance being particularly strong. And when Bitcoin dominance is strong, altcoins get wrecked. And so these are things that we're watching very, very closely. We did tell our customers that once China and Hong Kong open up from COVID, uh, probably a downturn will happen. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So 2022, we hope we're wrong, but it's looking like there could be a little bit more pain to come. Interesting. Interesting. And now outside of, uh, you know, those sorts of intelligence metrics, um, are there any other just uh, you know, we always like to ask people kind of like what other companies they like in the space. Are there any other research firms out there that you could point to that, you know, the crypto one-on-one listeners at home, they could go Google and check out maybe a free to use platform that might even have advanced paid upgrades. Sure. I mean, we're free to use for crypto guys. You can join us at any time. We'll give you the basics. So you've got something to work on, track your portfolio. And um, we do like Masari. Um, uh, very uh, like what they're doing with the analyst space. Uh, we do know the team there, um, particularly they're trying to build out analysts. So if there's lots of analysts out there on your show who want to be the new crypto analyst or the next YouTuber that wants to talk about what price happens with price, um, you know, that's a good option as well. Um, we're finding that our, our data, which now goes on the blue, Bloomberg, Thomson Reuters, Factiva, is then being um, manipulated in the form that they want it to do. So there's lots of different tools out there. The positive thing about this is even if you don't want to use a tool like Up or Masari or what have you, you can just use CoinMarketCap at least to give yourself a, an overview or CoinGecko. So there's so many tools available. And I always say to people, if you're not wanting to spend the money or use another tool, just import that data into something like Google Sheets and start building your own uh, portfolio tracker and then uh, Start beginning from that, or use Odup or um, or other sources to help you out as well. Why does Bitcoin trade the way it does with the rest of the world? Uh, given it's completely detached from anything going on, and do you notice it trading more like energy or commodity or like a tech stock? It's a tech stock. Um, I think the misperception from a lot of people, um, and I was like this a few years ago, and then I was slapped in the face by myself to say I'm wrong. It actually trades very much like the NASDAQ. And so if I was looking at any chart to determine the, the, the difference between the growth versus tech stocks, which are highly sought after, highly bought after, is to track the difference between BTC and the NASDAQ. We're tracking a multi-year potential uh, um, a triangle wedge, which is a very simple way, up and, up and then shoots up, where uh, we're looking at um, Bitcoin potentially being worth uh, five to six times whatever the NASDAQ price. So if NASDAQ price is 20,000, then you're looking at 100,000 Bitcoin. But that's going to be over the course of the next uh, few months, few years. Um, so I would very much look at those assets, um, high growth tech stocks, because Bitcoin very much tracks about 90% of Bitcoin uh, is related to the Dixie. So when the dollar, dollar index uh, starts to fall, Bitcoin goes up. Um, and if you looked in the past three uh, markets, every time the dollar index falls, Bitcoin goes up. So it's very much a, a reverse correlation. Um, that's a good starting point. Um, and also, I always tell people, don't always look at altcoin, altcoins. You may get lucky here and there. Always look at Bitcoin in a down market. Do you... Do you what, like? Something that I'm always curious about is uh, maybe it's just because of the market participants is why this correlation exists. It's the same people trading it, but like all the altcoins more or less move in lockstep. 
Mm-hmm. Is that a function of, of anything else? It's actually a very simple thing. I don't know. And I hope I'm not going to upset the exchanges. Luckily, there's DEX exchanges and people are using outside that. But you find a lot of the times people get listed on an exchange, they've got themselves connected as a BTC or an Ethereum pair. So if you look at a lot of the altcoins, especially low-grade altcoins, they would be sort of matched on a, a bot to match the Ethereum price and then maybe a two or 3% difference or maybe 0.2 or 0.3% difference. And that's when you see it all go up in unison. Hence why now, thankfully, the top two currencies, Ethereum and Bitcoin, are sort of running their own ships. And so if you're tracking Ethereum, so if you're tracking Bitcoin, you're really tracking the whole market. But if you're tracking altcoins, Ethereum is your is your go-to point because it usually leads the bulk of altcoins, not all of them, but the bulk of altcoins together. So Ethereum is the sort of the sweet spot for most of them because a lot of them attract based on Ethereum's price because there's no one trading them. They've just got a bot doing back forth, back forth. So there, there, there's uh, basically all these different arbitrage bots that are controlling mm-hmm. the price? Yeah, so... Uh, so very much so, but it depends on the grade, as I said, the grade of the altcoin. As soon as a, a, a coin has got more than, let's say, $100 million of real trades, um, not bot trades, then you're looking at a more of a different type of price discovery. But anything sort of sub 25 on coin market cap is pretty much headed that way. I mean, there's, uh, there's like Bitcoin gold, which I don't think I've ever bought, ever used, and it's still in the top 100. And I'm sort of scratching my head, how? And that's because that project has a lot of Bitcoin and it's correlating to Bitcoin or Litecoin is to, uh, is correlated. And this sort of leads to the second question, um, what coins get related to each? And that's one thing we track. And that would be like like a Bitcoin clone, like your Bitcoin Cash, your Litecoin is very much tracked to how Bitcoin works, whereas the Ethereum clones very much work and track and move in price to what Ethereum does. It's very, it, and it's come back to exchange uh, dynamics. We've seen an absolute explosion of new venture capital money entering the space in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, four and a half billion dollars just to start, as well as another couple billion just in specific ecosystem funds for things like Secret and Near and Algorand that are coming out and much more. Where do you see a lot of this money flowing into? Any particular market sectors or technologies that really haven't had their time in the sun yet that you're seeing? So platform will be uh, for the next four or five years, the the dominating feature. Bitcoin will sort of sit in the background there, um, but you're looking at, you know, everyone wants to be the next Ethereum killer. Um, but we still haven't got to that stage yet. There was a lot of high hopes for Cardona and Solana and what have you, but you're going to be looking at platform-driven tokens because VCs very much look at dynamics of developers because they're the developers who they deal with every day here in Silicon Valley. So they're looking at where are people building on the platform. So that's going to be the dominating feature of the next uh, couple of years. So you see Binance getting involved and they will be the ones to watch, particularly over the next five years as we got move on. Then looking at the next stage, I mean, NFT has exploded, but NFT at the moment is sort of a, it's like an art market, you know, and I will say as kind as I can, an art market where hopefully someone buys your crap. But the NFT space and the the technology around that will be hypercritical going forward. And so what you'll see, any platform that is doing NFTs with value, i.e. my house, um, you know, how my uh, my legal documents are done, how I could trade in a secondary market and get legality on the 
the stock options. In these things are hyper, hyper, hyper interested for VCs, and that's where the money will pour into. So if, even if it's on a protocol, that business underneath it will be the one leading. So I can tell your, your audience and you guys that whoever cracks NFT in commercial uh, um, application, like real estate, medical records, you name it, that platform and that particularly that platform that it runs on, if it's Ethereum, Solana, or what have you, is the one to buy without doubt, because that will be the, uh, uh, the fee structure that will basically pay you like a, like a landlord. Yeah, no, I'm excited for that kind of stuff. Now, what's your take really on um, like DeFi regulation? Do you think that this is really what's stopping DeFi from getting to mass adoption? Do you think that it's just slowing it down and it's necessary? So the one case that we're looking at very closely is XRP's case. Um, mm. XRP effectively are sort of the, the old school DeFi. And the key thing about it is with a lot of these projects, you know, there's a lot of ways of doing finance, but there is a concern from regulators is how they get their tax money. So as soon as that's done and there's a constant uh, flow of, okay, you can make money trading, but we want to get our, our, our money on trades. Exactly what happens in stock markets where you're giving a certain component um, to tax and on your profit. Once we see that regulation come out, then it's free for all. That's the problem. But, you know, these are governments, the, the government departments, they take forever. I mean, remember, it was two weeks to stop the spread. It's two years now. So these things take a long time. So look at it more from clarity in the next year or two years. But XRP's case, if they win, will change the game, particularly because it sets a precedent for a lot of DeFi companies. Um, what we've seen now, particularly in the, this year, is that the best performing uh, hedge fund in crypto has been the SEC with fines. You've seen crypto.com get one. Uh, BitMEX just finalized their saying. So what will happen is as these cases get uh, finalized and there's either a slap on the wrist or uh, some judgment comes from it, DeFi can flourish. But but really the core of it is it's not the technology, it's how the government gets their tax revenue on the money that moves in and out. The technology is brilliant. It just needs to get regulated in a in a way that serves everyone. What's your take on um, kind of like the future of esports in relation to crypto. Um, are, are you big on this thesis? People are coming on the show talking about this being a multi-billion dollar uh, industry. Do, do you see lots of validity to that? Yep, absolutely. It's going to be... So uh, a couple of very smart people told me that the future is very much Ready Player One. If you've seen that movie, you understand what it is. There's Love Metaverse. The What's that? Love the book. Yes. The book is probably better than the movie, of course, but you know, it always is just look at Lord of the Rings. Um, but, uh, the esports are very interesting, particularly because, um, and a lot of people were saying it in the right way is that there's two things, two ingredients that work well. One esports is very power, uh, popular in one of the biggest trading in crypto markets, which is Korea, South Korea. And so they will lead the charge. And then you're going into Asia, which is a very heavy crypto market. They like the gambling side of things, um, Taiwan, Hong Kong, uh, Japan. And so esports will probably be der derived in popularity from Asia, but then you could see it moving to North America and then finally to Europe. That I see huge, huge potential in. Um, and it's going to be more about uh, how people could potentially gamble on esports, and then how people could sort of back a team or they could, um, you know, it, it's going to be methods to do it. The question is now that uh, Microsoft have taken some of the biggest, uh, biggest uh, 
esports platforms like StarCraft, Overwatch, and you name it, you know, how they get involved in this. And my guess is they'll very get heavily involved, but a huge future. And it's, it will probably come out of Korea as a base. And then lastly, as far as market sectors go, is there a future for AI in crypto or is it really just a fancy buzzword that's never going to take off? <laughs> so um, yes and no, um, but it has to be something that's done with traditional markets. So long-term, absolutely, no question. But AI would be more from uh, how market makers um, uh, and when the big boys get involved. So my former company like Goldman or JP Morgan are putting their, their algorithms to track you know, price movements. You'll probably see a lot of that from a hedge fund perspective for Bitcoin, particularly Bitcoin trading. Um, but it's still at that sort of, in a very niche sort of stage. Long-term, sure, everything that's worked in traditional startup tech will probably work in crypto. Um, and the, the, the merge of the two uh, sort of the old startup versus crypto will pretty much be connected as in, you know, we say within 10 years, there won't be anyone raising money like a traditional VC will be raising money via crypto. And that will be, you know, based on platforms and funds around that platforms and so forth. So, Long-term, no question. Short-term, probably not really, you know, people aren't really sort of jumping on the, you know, the bandwagon. I think esports has got a faster sort of take up. Mm. That's, that's fantastic. No, one of the other questions we, we want to ask you uh, before we let you go, um, it's actually something we ask, we try to ask everybody that comes on the show, but it's basically just, if you were to shout out to another company or another project that you think is just having the biggest impact, you know, we already talked about Solana a little bit at the front of the show. Is there anything else that, that is really just making waves in your mind? Uh, at this point in time, uh, there's a few, I think the biggest one that sort of comes to mind is Luna. I think what they're doing at Terra Luna is interesting. Hence why the, um, the market cap is shown, but predominantly I'm actually looking at the major platforms and what they're doing. I'm very interested in the next few months, how, what happens with Ethereum 2.0. So everything which happens with Ethereum 2.0 will hopefully drive our excitement for the projects underneath it in the DeFi, the NFT space, esports space, and so forth. So if the platforms do their job and do it right, then there'd be a million projects that I think are really exciting. Very, very well said. James, thank you so much. That was probably the fastest half hour of my life, uh, but packed with so much amazing information. We really appreciate having you on and we look forward to having you back on again. And for our listeners out there that need their dose of James Giancotti before the next episode, where can they reach out and follow you? Their dose of me, my goodness me, that's the funniest thing I've heard all day. And thank you for having me, by the way. Um, they can find me at Twitter, James Jankotti, uh, all one word, or at oddup.com. And I'm you know, happy to talk to entrepreneurs and people in the space, you know, because I was there once. I, I know what it's like. I'm always happy to help people out who are beginning their journey. We really, really appreciate all the wisdom that you share with us. And until next time, Crypt Nation. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.